0: It's really important to find not only a story that they can engage with, but also one that they'll feel is realistic, because they can, they can sniff out inauthenticity pretty quickly um, if it doesn't feel true to their own experiences.
1: Welcome to the Parenting ADHD Podcast, where I share insights and strategies on raising kids with ADHD straight from the trenches. I'm your host, Penny Williams. I'm a parenting coach, author, ADHD-aholic, and mindset mama, honored to guide you on the journey of raising your atypical kid. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Parenting ADHD Podcast. I'm so
2: excited today to be talking to Miriam Saunders about neurodivergent kids, books and reading in ways that will help to strengthen and empower them. I get asked so often for books for kids who have neurodifferences, books for them to read. So we're going to give you lots of resources today um, for that. Thanks for being here, Miriam. Will you start by introducing yourself, let everyone know who you are and what you do?
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. Uh, So I'm a licensed marriage family therapist. I specialize in working with families who have neurodivergent children. And in addition to that, I am also a children's author. So I have two picture books and a recently released middle grade novel uh, that all three feature children with ADHD, uh, in a very realistic yet positive light. And from that, I developed a website co founded with another children's author uh, neuro- who's neurodivergent herself, Sally Pla, the author of The Someday Birds. And the website is called a novelmind.com, which is a resource for children's books that feature characters uh, with mental health and neurodiversity issues.
2: I love that. It's such a needed resource. I love it. Let's start maybe and just talking generally about how do we support kids um, with neuro differences through books and through reading. I know some of our kids struggle with reading or kind of resist reading. My own son is one of those. He does not enjoy a page full of text by any mm-hmm. means, even at eighteen. So you know we've had to get creative over the years. But what what sort of advice do you have in regards to how we really get them engaged and also really support them through the stories that we offer?
0: Absolutely.
2: Um,
0: My children also, uh, all three struggled with reading, and it's a very common comorbid occurrence that children um, who are neurodivergent may also have dyslexia. And I think one of the most important things to remember is that being read to has an equal and important uh, result on the brain as reading yourself. And I think that there's so much, perhaps maybe too much emphasis put on um, learning to read independently, because when it's a struggle, all it will do is turn the child off from reading altogether and books altogether. They they, They become something that Frustrates them, and you know it's not enjoyable at all. And we all know that these kiddos need as much dopamine in their brain as possible. And so when they're faced with something that's frustrating, they're it's not creating dopamine, and they're not about to, <laughs> to want to do it. Yeah. But if you can find a story and there are so, more and more being written, and it's very exciting, that feature characters that um, are coping with the same issues as your child, then um, it can often be a more interesting story for them to engage with because suddenly they their feelings are validated and they don't feel as isolated. Um, it can be a terrific way if you're reading with your child to foster a discussion about the types of um, behaviors, situations that are in the story that your child might also be facing without the child becoming defensive around that or feeling shame because they um, are internalizing that situation.
2: Yeah, it's really important to be validating. You know, they they really have a sense of being different and struggling, and that validation I think is so key that they're not alone.
0: Absolutely, a hundred percent. I mean, I think that's one of the the best outcomes from reading a story that has a character with similar situations. It can also create a mindfulness around the child's behavior which is something we're constantly striving toward right this is a physiological issue that manifests in an inability to control emotions behaviors Um, it's certainly not a willful choice and that's often forgotten but if we can help the child to understand uh, triggers and different situations that might contribute to the behaviors then um, that mindfulness can go a long way in helping the child feel empowered. So stopping the story and asking like, wow, have you ever dealt with this? Or does this feel familiar? What would you do in this instance can create a discussion around behavior without
2: shame. Which is so important. Yeah. And and two, that helps to work on social and emotional skills by talking through what the characters are going through, how they might handle it, problem solving as well. There's lots of skill building within that as well that that kids with ADHD and and autism need.
0: Yes, and um, that especially now uh, over the past year, where those social interactions have been extremely limited, um, books can be a way to continue to engage your child in that that social emotional learning, um, and really, you know, especially for middle school age children who are less likely to be read to. But you know, if, if you can curl up with your middle school age child and and read a novel to them out loud. Um, it can be a great opportunity to stop and say, gosh, you know, I wonder why his friends reacted to him that way. What do you think was going through their minds right now? And do you think that was kind of them to say that? Or um, what would you have said? How would you have responded? Um, These are opportunities to pick apart those situations in a really
2: non-threatening way. Right, right. They're learning something, but it doesn't feel like we're teaching them something, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's really coming from within them. You're not instructing them, like, this is what I would have done, which is often what happens when they come home from school. And, you know, if we're lucky enough that they're telling us what happened at school, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which middle school age kids often don't do Um then we have a tendency to start with the shoulds, you know, yeah. well, next time you should tr- say this, or uh, you should have said this. It, instead, this these sort of open-ended questions help them to uncover their own solution mm-hmm. to a social situation.
2: Yeah. And again, that's building problem solving. That's building stop and think about what you should do and what the consequences are and all of these different skills. Um, I've been doing that for years now with my own kids, shifting from doing for them or telling them what they needed to do to cueing them, to figuring it out and getting it done. And it's so much more helpful to them. Um, I wanted to say, too, don't think your kid is too old to read together my sister her family they read all of the harry potter books together the three of them when my niece was in like eighth ninth maybe even tenth grade every night they read a chapter together as a family after dinner which was amazing
0: i love that um my my oldest is 23 now i have 23 20 and 18 and when the pandemic hit, one of the first things we did was to get some old fairy tale books. And after dinner, we would curl mm-hmm. up in the living room and I would read to them out loud. And for me, it was such a blessing because these were very squirmy children who would not sit still necessarily when they were younger mm-hmm. um, and be read to like this. Uh, so it was kind of a corrective parenting experience for me to be able to do it with them uh, as young adults.
2: Yeah. I wanted to talk also about some other sort of tools and strategies for struggling readers. You mentioned that they don't have to do independent reading, that we can read to them. Um, We had Bookshare. I don't know if you're familiar with Bookshare, but it's online and read aloud books for people who have disabilities. And um, if you have a qualifying disability, you can access it for free. My son's had access for free for probably seven or eight years to it. And it can highlight in sync or it can just read aloud. And that has been way more beneficial to him because he does resist that independent reading. And so there are tools out there that can really help with that and that I think are, are equally effective, as you were talking about, and I, I really wanted to stress that. And and I think, too, kids don't have to read chapter books, even if they're the age of chapter books. If they're more interested in a nonfiction book or a magazine or something, they're still reading.
0: Absolutely. There's so much power to storytelling, Um and storytelling in our lives comes in so many different shapes and forms. It doesn't always have to be about a book, actually, because the same areas of the brain light up when you're listening to a story and it it makes the listener or the watcher or the reader, um, it evokes the same emotions um, and learning and language processing in the brain. And so even just storytelling with your children about their day, um, having them tell you a story or you tell them a story about your day. And also video games. I know that there mm-hmm. there's a lot of controversy. A lot of our children spend what we feel is far too much time in video games, but part of the reason that they're so engaging is is the complex storytelling and i encourage parents to learn about the stories in the video games and then use those as opportunities to digest and pull apart what it is so fascinating about them what kind of learning experiences are there in those stories
2: yeah absolutely there are a lot of benefits to gaming yes it can go off the rails but <laughs> there there are a lot of benefits you know they're learning strategy and problem solving and executive functioning and they're getting social interaction that might be a little easier because it's online and so many things. Yeah. Do you want to yes, shift uh, now? Let's talk about a specific books or categories of books that might help in different situations, different challenges that kids might be having.
0: Um, sure. Yes. And of course, um, if if you don't mind, I'll start with my own. Yep. Uh, so the middle grade novel, Trouble with a Tiny tea Features a boy with ADHD who finds magic in his grandparents' basement and thinks that it's going to solve all of the problems in his life that most of them he feels are as a result of his ADHD. But when you combine magic and an impulsive thinker, those two things don't necessarily always go hand in hand. (laughs) And he winds up creating Uh, a 12-inch high T-Rex in his bedroom that he can't get rid of. Um, And every effort to solve the problem worsens the situation. Uh, And he winds up with a live uh, plastic headless green army because the T-Rex bit all the heads off, and then a six-inch Thor. Uh, And they're all at war in his bedroom, and he has a week to figure out how to get rid of them before he needs to go to his dad's house. So fun. So it is, yeah, I wanted I wanted to create a very accessible story that highlighted realistic ADHD problems in a fun, very unrealistic situation that um, a child could engage with. Um, but more importantly, this boy is is really talented. He's a talented artist. And so many of our kids are extremely creative, um, especially artistic. Yeah, and he will discover uh, by the end of the novel that it's actually his talent for art that will ultimately be the solution to his problems um, and a way of controlling the magic, and realize that he's not really only about the trouble that he gets into; that he has all sorts of other very strong positive qualities, including that he's a really good friend. I love that. So I think it's when looking for books, especially for your middle school age child, it's really important to find not only a story that they can engage with, but also one that they'll feel is realistic. Because they can they can sniff out inauthenticity pretty quickly um, if it doesn't feel true to their own experiences. But if you're reading with them, even that's an opportunity to, you know, to pick apart how, how doesn't this seem real? Like, you know, why is this character not responding in an authentic way? And then for the younger readers, um, my whirling twirling motor is also about a boy with ADHD who takes you through his uh, day and all of the various ways that he is getting into trouble until the end of the day when he's getting tucked into bed by his parents and they tell him that there's something they need to talk to him about and he thinks he's about to get into trouble again. But instead, his mom reads to him the list of everything that he did right that day. Oh. And that, that's one of the first interventions that I use with the parents that I work with because we're so fearful and trying to correct behavior constantly all day that we lose sight of the fact frequently that our kids are doing so many things right as well and that it's so important to reinforce those things instead and create a mindfulness around those things. Um, because that's the behavior we want to shape. that's what, the direction we want to encourage. right. And also it re- can really help orient our parenting in a more positive way and remind us that you know there's so many great things to love about our children that can often get lost in, uh, in frustration and annoyance. And
2: yeah, that's a really important practice for parents of challenging kids. really important. Um, When I tucked my son into bed when he was little enough and still let me, every night I would say, I like the way you did something, this one thing today. I like the way you um, let your friend choose what you were going to play when they came over today or, you know, any little thing. And it really sent him to bed and ended his day on a positive note, feeling good about himself but it also was an ending reminder for me that there are bright spots and there is greatness there as well.
0: That's exactly right. Oh, I'm so happy to hear you did that. Um, it does have such a big impact. Similarly, the, that book's companion, my um, My Wandering Dreaming Mind is about a girl with inattentive ADHD and the same sort of thing where she's, losing things and friends and disappointing people because of her inattentiveness and it really has an impact on her self-esteem. And so her parents fill a mason jar with with the opposite of everything she feels badly about herself. So Mm. her inattentiveness is curiosity and her messiness is creativity. And every night she picks a positive word from the jar and they talk about all of the wonderful ways that she manifests that word because I love it. our, our kids' self-esteem can really be shot when yeah. the focus is always on everything they do wrong. Um, yeah. so those are my books, but there are so many other great books and more and more are being written, um, for the younger children. Um, there are a lot of books by my publisher, Imagination Press, um, Corey's story, Baxter turns down his buzz. Um, Julia Cook has a lot of fantastic books about behavior. My mouth is a volcano. Oh yeah. That uh, can really help, um, bring a mindfulness around behavior in kind of a fun way.
2: Those are great Um, social stories. Yeah.
0: Kathy Hoopman, all dogs have ADHD. That's one of my favorites. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen that one but it has pictures of dogs doing really silly, fun things that are um, similar to what children with ADHD do. So it's a very playful, externalizing way of talking about behavior. Um, for the older children, Focused by Allison Gerber is a girl with ADHD, um, and it's just a straight, realistic story um, of how it impacts her life. Um, and Allison has ADHD herself. So she really understands. Um, yeah. Joey picks a swallow. The key is a, is one of the first middle grade stories about a boy with ADHD. Um, his Joey's ADHD. in that story is really over the top. <laughs> um, yeah. So it it can be a bit much I find, but um, I think the children appreciate it. There are kids who can relate. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I haven't read this one yet, but I'm really excited to The Boy with the Butterfly Mind. Have you read that? I have not. Okay. Um, Sounds great. But that's also a middle grade story. Um, I, would, I really encourage uh, parents, teachers, librarians to um, check out the database on a novel mind for particular books. Um, it's got over a thousand books books on the list right now, and they're sorted by issue. So if you have a child who not only has ADHD, but also anxiety, you can put those two things in the find um, feature and come up with a list of books by age group that highlight those two issues.
2: And there's so many more issues on here. I'm looking at it now. Besides just ADHD or autism, there's depression, anxiety, anxiety, social anxiety, which I have myself, um, grief and loss, Down syndrome, bedtime anxiety, body issues, bipolar, um, adoption, so many things. It's really a fantastic database. Yeah,
0: we're, we're trying and we're constantly adding to it. Um, we're happy to hear of, of new books um, all of these books are traditionally published, so um, at this time, we're not including self-published books, but only because we can't vet them all and just need a third-party vetting source at the moment, but um, really? we, we might increase that at, at another time. And, and the books aren't, um, they're not endorsed by us. This is just a list and, you know, so they're not necessarily recommended, but we're working on on trying to recommend certain books as we read them. That's awesome. There's also, we just started an educator page too, with a lot of resources for librarians and teachers. Um, But I I would encourage parents to look at those pages too, because um, there's a a lot of information about how, how to incorporate stories into your parenting and how to use books um, like we're talking about today.
2: Yeah, it's such a great way of teaching and connecting. And I don't think that most of us give it that much weight. We just don't realize it's really powerful. And seeing your list, I'm realizing that there's way more books out there with characters with differences or that address differences than I realized, which is amazing. I'm so glad that Neurodivergent individuals are being more represented.
0: They are um, autism in particular is really seeing an optic in children's books. Um, ADHD is lagging somewhat, but there are there are more and more. And uh, for anyone that that does uh, add my uh, trouble with a tiny t to their child's reading list, um, I have an educator guide which does all the work for you. For for parents too, it just pulls out um, questions that you can ask about the story, mostly around social emotional learning.
2: I love books that include that, that include a section for parents, here's how to use this, here's how to talk about it with your child. That's so valuable and empowering for parents.
0: I hope so. Yeah, I agree.
2: I was wondering about titles kind of that we all know, like the uh, Lightning Thief series.
0: Mm, I have a, I have thoughts on that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wondered, um, because you didn't mention it. So well,
0: I have to give props to Rick Reardon because that series was the book that got my son reading. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we all pray for that that book that will finally spark the love of reading in our children. And for my son, that was the book. On the other hand, I feel like whenever anybody talks about an ADHD character, that's the first one that pops into their mind. Yeah, And I guess where I had an issue with it was in the end, his ADHD and dyslexia were a result of him being half Greek God. And I felt as though that A, was something that kids couldn't really relate to because no one was half Greek God. Um, But also it felt like an excuse. Mm. You know, it was a way of, of sort of, well, I'm okay because the only reason I have these problems is because I'm half Greek God. And I don't know, that just rubbed me the wrong way, I guess. So that was one reason why I wanted to write a story about a boy, instead of being magic, he finds magic. So
2: Which is, yeah, so important. I think that whole magical fantasy sort of genre really pulls that age group in. And that, I think, is why, you know, Rick's series and some of the others really incorporate that, probably because Harry Potter was so popular. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, any time that we can make it more relatable, the better.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, it is, they're so well done and so engaging that... Anything that makes our children want to read, I, I know has my absolute blessing, but Absolutely. I also figured everybody knows about those books. And so I want to support some titles that people don't know as much about.
2: Yes, I will be sending all of my coaching clients and um, posting about a novel mind and such on social media too, because it's such an amazing, amazing database that I didn't even honestly know existed until you reached out to me. And it's just a question I get asked so often. And I had no idea that there was a list and a really, really thoughtful list. Um, I'm really impressed by the categorization of the different issues and really being able to drill down and find the right book for the right time for your kid.
0: Oh, thanks. Thanks. I'm grateful for the help with spreading the word and I really just hope it helps people.
2: Yeah, I know it well. It will help so many families. And I I wish that these books had been more available when my son was young or really both of my kids. But yeah, especially him. We just didn't have the amount of social stories and things like that available. I know. 12, 13 years ago. Same, Um yeah. And I wish it was different, but I'm glad that it's different for others. That's always a benefit. Anything else you want to be sure that we talk about before we close?
0: Mm, I don't think so. I really appreciate the opportunity to let people know about these books.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm so very excited for parents after listening to this. I know they're going to dive in and find some great books for their kids and really empower their kids to feel good about themselves and build skills and really feel empowered, which is amazing. Yeah. For everyone listening you can go to the show notes and get links to A Novel Mind, Miriam's books, all the books that we've mentioned. I will link up as well. Those show notes can be found at parentingadhdandautism.com slash 125 for episode 125. And again, I'm so grateful that you shared some of your time and your resources with us. And for
1: the end of the episode, I'll see everyone next time. Thanks for joining me on the Parenting ADHD podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share. And don't forget to check out my online courses, parent coaching, and mama retreats at parentingadhdandautism.com.